0: Thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, we'll talk about minimizing stress and maximizing productivity and enjoyment while traveling. You'll find more information and links to several resources mentioned in this episode, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 467. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. You can take your time back with the power of Text Expander. Repetitive typing, little mistakes, searching for answers, these all take precious time away from you. With Text Expander, you can take it back. And they're offering the Productive Woman listeners 20% off your purchase if you use my link textexpander.com/tpw and enter the code tpw when you order. You don't need to waste time typing or cutting and pasting things that you've already worded perfectly. You can simply create a snippet that you save in Text Expander and you'll never need to retype again. Your snippets are saved to the cloud, so they're available on all your devices Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. Now, if you haven't heard before, a snippet is an abbreviation, it's just a few keystrokes that you assign that will automatically expand the text you've assigned it to. I have, I don't know, dozens of snippets for frequently used text, such as phone numbers, email addresses, my state bar numbers, all the way up to longer messages comprised of several formatted paragraphs with frequently shared information for clients, colleagues, podcast guests, and others. You can also create snippets that will automatically correct typos in words that you tend to misspell or mistype. So, with Text Expander, you can work faster and smarter. You can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. You create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. And if you work with a team, you can create efficiencies with your team by creating snippets that you share for messaging, signatures, and descriptions with everyone who works on projects with you. You can visit TextExpander.com slash TPW to learn more and use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. All right, so getting into our main topic this week. Uh, This came from the fact that I have taken several trips in the last couple of months. Uh, Mike and I traveled for a reunion back to our home state of Washington. Uh, We traveled several times to different states to visit our kids and grandkids who live in other states. And I traveled at least once on business to another state. I used to have to travel a lot for work, but after COVID, you know, in about 2020, Uh, that stopped for quite a while. And I, you know, in recent years, haven't had to do as much traveling. Back when I was traveling almost every month for business reasons, I had it down to a science in terms of packing and planning my trips and, you know, getting where I needed to be. But I kind of lost the routine and lost the rhythm of it. And so all the traveling we've done in the last two or three months has brought all that back to mind and having to remind myself, all right, how do I do this so that I don't kind of lose my mind when I travel? Because I'm a person who likes routines and can easily get thrown off a little bit when the routine gets um, shaken up. So as we were doing all this traveling and I was thinking about all of this, I started doing some research and just some taking some notes to remind myself of, all right, what do I do to be productive and minimize stress when I travel. And I also did some research on it. So I thought I'd share some of that with you. So starting from the the first step, I guess, it's it's about planning productively. And probably the most important thing that I can suggest is to uh, gather all the information for your trip into one place, uh, these days we get email confirmations for most things like flights and hotel reservations, rental cars, uh, all kinds of things like that. Um, we get electronic boarding passes for most of our, our travel kinds of things. But to be most efficient, it, we need to have a single place where all that information gets gathered instead of having to dig through our email inbox to, to find what we need for a specific trip. What I use for this is an app called TripIt Pro, and there is a website for it. I think it's just tripit.com, uh, but we'll put the link in the show notes, and an app for your phone or your your tablet. And I have used this for years, clear back to when I was traveling almost every month sometimes for things related to my law practice and continue to use it now. It's such a useful tool. You simply forward those confirmation emails for your flights, for your lodging, for rental cars and so on to the app. And it creates a consolidated itinerary that you can look at on the website or on your phone in the app. And you can actually even set it to find those emails and import them automatically, which is what it does for me. So it's very helpful because you can look at it and it just structures it by time. It looks at your check-in times or your flight times and different things like that and creates a, a kind of time ordered itinerary for your trip where all your information, your confirmation numbers, your flight numbers, everything is in one place. It also sends alerts about your check-in availability, delays, gate changes, all of that sort of thing. So it's very, very useful tool. I wouldn't want to have to plan any travel without it. I consult it when I'm on the road, when I'm traveling, and certainly ahead of time. And I I love the fact that it sends these alerts, uh, either both by email or by text message. So you're always kind of on track when you're traveling. Uh, I recommend it. Like I said, I'll put a link. They don't sponsor or anything. It's just a, a really valuable tool for, for me when I travel. Now, if you prefer to kind of track all this information in analog format, you certainly can do that as well. Uh, have a notebook or a folder to gather all that confirmation information, your boarding passes, um, all, all the information that you need. Back uh, in the olden days, before everything was sort of done digitally, When I was traveling for work, my secretary would gather those things, put a folder together and give it to me the day before I was going to leave. So I had everything in one place that I could put in my computer bag, have it all there. I definitely recommend that. And in fact, even if you rely on digital devices and apps like TripIt Pro or or something like that for collecting and reviewing your travel information, you might want to consider printing copies anyway, because... We're so reliant on our digital tools, but batteries can die, cell signal service can dissipate or even disappear, and websites can go down, and you can be kind of stuck when you're out there traveling uh, without access to the information that you need. So consider printing some of those things as well. In addition, as you're gathering the information and you're planning for your trip, If you're traveling internationally, be sure that you research any entry requirements for your destination country so that you have the documentation you need or, you know, whatever information you need in order to enter the country and go through customs when you get there. So gathering the information is important, doing the research that you need, thinking about scheduling your trip. That's something that's I think is important for minimizing the stress of travel and being as productive as possible, uh, f- thinking about the best times to fly if you're flying. All the trips that we took in the last two or three months have been air travel. And so we've been flying from Texas to other states around the, the United States and uh, we always kind of think about when is the best time to fly not only the best times at the airport or you know the train station uh, if you're traveling by train or something like that that is the times when it's likely to be the least busy at the station but also think about traffic en route and maybe i think about this because we travel from dfw airport most of the time And it is clear on the opposite side of Dallas from us, about an hour, a little more than an hour's drive from our home. And so we always try to think about what's traffic going to be like in Dallas um, when we're going to need to be getting to the airport. Of course, we all know you're supposed to be there, you know, an hour and a half to two hours before a domestic flight and even farther ahead of time if you're traveling internationally. And so thinking about what time you need to arrive at the airport and the route you need to take to get there, what's the traffic going to be like? For us, we schedule our flights as much as we can to avoid going through Dallas during the morning or evening rush hour because traffic can just be at a standstill. And that can delay things or make you have to either leave really, really early or risk missing your flight. According to some sources that I looked at, Tuesdays and Wednesdays tend to have the lowest flight prices. Uh, So consider flights at the beginning of the week rather than on the weekends if you're trying to plan your travel. And uh, think about the timing for scheduling travel. If you're traveling with young children, you know, there are different schools of thought on this, maybe traveling at night so that they'll sleep, which might be a good idea but some kids that you know just the excitement of travel means they're not going to they're not going to sleep and so they're just going to be tired or cranky so maybe you consider scheduling a flight when they've had a good night's sleep or after their nap time or something like that another thing to think about for reducing the stress of travel and in kind of being more efficient and productive Is that if you are traveling by air and you don't have someone to drop you off and pick you up at the airport, consider using airport valet parking if it's available. That's something that's available at the two main airports here in the the Dallas-Fort Worth area and something I really rely on. It avoids the need to cruise through the parking garage at the airport looking for an open spot. uh, So that saves you time. And aggravation and stress. It also avoids the possibility that when you get back home, you're going to have to take the tram or something from the terminal you arrive at to the one you departed from to get your car. When you use these valet services, at least the ones here in in Dallas. They meet you near the terminal entrance for your departure flight, take your keys, and then you just walk across right into the terminal without having to spend any time looking for a parking spot. And then when you are returning, they monitor your flight. So they know if you're delayed or if your gate or terminal changes, and they will meet you at the terminal entrance with your car. And they send you text message updates saying, here's where you're going to find us when you arrive. And it's, it's really such a, a great service. It usually doesn't cost much more than self-parking, and for me, it's worth every penny. Uh, the service I use even will do certain services, like they'll wash and vacuum your car while you're gone if you elect that option. I mean, you pay, you know, a little fee for them to do it, um, but it's a convenience that might be worthwhile so that your car is nice and clean and shiny when, when you return. So those are some things to think about as you're preparing for travel. Uh, In addition, think about safety issues as you're preparing. So familiarize yourself with the safety situation of your destination. There are apps and websites available that will provide woman-centric safety ratings for various cities and countries. I'll put links to some of those in the show notes for this episode if you're going to be traveling as a woman, uh, whether domestically or internationally, so that you can look ahead and, and see what the safety situation is there. For American travelers, the U.S. State Department's travel website publishes travel advisories for all countries, along with other useful information, including, of course, how to get your U.S. passport or a visa and numbers to call if you uh, experience an emergency while you're traveling. And in those uh, travel advisories, if the State Department officials have identified particular risks for women, the advisories will include that information. Other countries, including Canada, Australia, and the UK, also maintain similar websites. So if you're traveling from there or a citizen of that country, it's definitely worth checking those sites out and I will have links to some of those in the show notes so you can look there. Uh, The U.S. State Department's website also offers a, a portal for U.S. citizens to enroll in what they call their Smart Traveler Enrollment Program or the STEP program. This is a free service that allows you to register your trip abroad with the nearest U.S. embassy or consulate And what that means is you will then receive any safety updates from the embassy during your trip. It also lets the embassy and your family uh, contact you in the case of an emergency, such as a natural disaster, civil unrest, or a family emergency. As I'm recording this, there's a situation going on in Israel where there's military action underway. And, uh, you know, I've seen Facebook posts from friends who are in that country at this time. If they have registered their trip with this STEP program with the U.S. State Department, then the embassy there has the ability to contact them or to put their family in touch with them if there are, you know, in situations like this uh, to help them make arrangements to get to safety. I will also put links in the show notes to several other articles with information about other apps and sites and services that are useful specifically for traveling women. So uh, you might want to check those out. In addition to familiarizing yourself with that safety situation, wherever it is you're going, whether it's internationally or domestically, definitely consider informing somebody Always let someone know your itinerary, especially if you're traveling solo. So if you're traveling on business, your assistant, your work colleagues, your boss, someone at work should know what your itinerary is, what flights you're on, uh, where you're going to be staying, all those sorts of things. If you're traveling personally uh, or on business, you know, your spouse, a family member, your roommate, someone should know what your itinerary is. And check in with them periodically. And again, if you're an American traveling abroad, consider enrolling your trip in that STEP program uh, for the reasons we've already talked about. In addition to, uh, you know, letting someone know where you're going to be just for safety purposes, you want to ensure that you're going to have a working mobile connection. So uh, have an, an extra battery for your phone, or a battery charger for your phone. If you're traveling internationally, consider uh, spending a little money to buy a local SIM card for your phone, or make sure that international roaming is available to you. That can be a lifeline in emergencies and helpful for navigation around unfamiliar locations. Uh, If you're traveling for work or will need to work while you're traveling, Be sure to do things like synchronize your data on your computer, your tablet, and or your phone. Download any documents you'll need to work on or materials you'll need to refer to so that you have access to them even while you're not online. Tools like Google Drive and Dropbox allow you to mark files for offline access, and that can be important if you need to work on the plane or on a train or in your car if someone else is driving, obviously. Uh, make sure that you confirm that your accommodations, whether it's a hotel, an Airbnb, or wherever else you might be staying, will have good Wi-Fi and a workspace that will suit your needs. This is really important if you're going to have to work. Um, there have been a couple of trips that I've taken over the last few years to other states uh, where I was going to stay for a few days or even a couple of weeks while you know we were waiting for a grandchild to be born or I was going to be there to help. But I needed to work while I was there. And so I always check with the Airbnb that I'm considering to make sure that it's going to have good, strong Wi-Fi so that I can get my work done nomadlist.com describes itself as a global community of remote workers living and traveling around the world and offers a directory of destinations that includes information about things like the cost of living in case you're, you know, thinking about working remotely in a, in a new place, uh, but also things like average internet speed, safety issues, co-working spaces, and even locations of free public Wi-Fi. So nomadlist.com can be a good resource for working while you're traveling. And especially if you're working while traveling, but even if you're not working, you're just going to be needing to access internet things like your banking websites or something. A VPN or virtual private network is really essential to ensure a secure connection and protect your private or confidential information from prying eyes. Uh, I think I've talked in in past episodes. It might have been a while about you know the security risks when you're traveling. If there are people who I guess have nothing better to do than sit in airports and train stations and places like that with technology that allows them to scan the room for unsecure network connections uh, when people are, you know, doing something in their banking app on their phone. And these people have the technology to kind of hack into your phone, so to speak, to grab that communication and get into your bank accounts or get your passwords and things like that. So having a VPN can protect you uh, from that. I will uh, include links in the show notes to some recent articles I found that review and recommend uh, various VPNs for secure online connections when you're traveling. Another preparation to make in advance of traveling is to prepare your house for your absence. So things like arranging for a house sitter or a pet sitter or other care for your house, your pets your plants, whatever. Uh, for our several recent trips, this in the last few months, my mother was kind enough to keep our Yorkie. And we arranged for my sister and brother-in-law to come over to the house every couple of days, just to check on things, bring in the mail, and, uh, you know, make sure everything was okay. And in exchange for that, they uh, were had the free use of our pool during a what was an extended heat wave here in North Texas, so that worked out well for us because I've got family who lives near to me. Uh, but if you don't have that, making other arrangements for your house and your pets is uh, an important part of preparing for a trip if it's going to be for more than you know a day or two. And uh, if you have house plants, I've I've read recommendations where people will put a few inches of water in a bathtub and set the house plants in that water so that the, the plants can kind of soak up the water as needed to keep them from dying while you're away. So I thought that was a really good suggestion and something that I may try in the future. And then of course before you leave You do all the things to prepare the house. You close the curtains and blinds. You turn the air conditioning up or turn the heat down. You make sure all your water spigots are turned off. Unplug electronics if you're going to be gone for very long. Of course, make sure the doors are all locked. And uh, if you're going to be gone for an extended period, consider setting a couple of lamps on timers so that they'll come on and, and turn off in different parts of the house just so uh, it doesn't look like the house is completely abandoned. So those are some of the things that I think about in terms of preparing for productive and low-stress travel. Another part of that then is packing productively. That can be a big hassle and a big source of stress. Certainly pack early. It's very stressful if you wait till the last minute to pack and you're racing around trying to get things ready to go because you've got to leave for the airport or for your drive or, or whatever the travel is. I think it's important whether you're traveling for work or for pleasure, if you do it very often, to create a checklist. Even if you're only going once, well ahead of time, start a checklist of what you need to take with you so that you never forget essentials. And if you travel frequently, you know, have this checklist available for each trip so that you can go through and make sure you don't forget something that's really important. One thing that I've found useful is to prepare and stock a couple of what what I call my go bags that are always ready. And I try to remember to always restock them as soon as I get back. And so the two main go bags that I have are one for my toiletries, Uh, and actually there are two of them. One is the one that uh, TSA requires, you know, the quart-sized bag for liquids, no more than three ounces, et cetera. And so I have one that's that size where all the liquids go, and I have travel-sized bottles of those things. And then another one that's also clear and and see-through that has things that are not uh, liquids that don't have to, you know, be compliant with the security requirements, but are other toiletries and things that I need to take with me, uh, including my hairbrush or comb, nail clippers and emery boards, cotton swabs and cotton balls and all those sorts of things. So I have bags already stocked with those things that I can just grab and and put into my suitcase when I'm ready to go. And I do, as I said, when I get back from a trip and I unpack, I evaluate what I've used up and and make sure that I restock those things so they're ready for the next trip. In addition to that, I have my electronics go bag that has duplicates of all the items that I'm going to need for devices that I travel with, like my laptop, tablet, cell phone. Maybe you take an e-reader with you anything like that, a Kindle type thing. So this electronics go bag that I have includes cords and chargers for each of those devices, a travel sized extension cord, because most hotels don't have sufficient conveniently located outlets. And so I have a travel sized extension cord that I've had for years that I keep in this bag. Amazon carries a ton of those. So if you just Go into Amazon and search for travel-sized extension cords. You'll find a whole lot of options that you can find one that's just right for you, that's small enough to fit into your bag, but will serve the purpose. In my Go Bag, I have adapters for various things. I bought an extra power cord for my laptop. Uh, both my my MacBook, if I'm traveling personally and don't need to work, and also my work computer so that I, have, I can keep that extra power cord in my go bag. I don't have to take my office power cord with me. I, all I have to do is just unplug the laptop and stick it in the bag and I'm ready to go. I put my main electronics go bag into my carry-on, my roller board, That I take on the plane with me, but I keep a charger for my phone and my tablet in my under seat bag. You know your personal item that can fit under the seat in front of you. I keep one of those in there so that it's handy for use during the flight. If I'm on a plane that has you know a power outlet at my seat, it's important to have it there in that bag because as crowded as most flights are these days, the overhead bins are are packed so tightly that getting your carry-on down to get a, you know, a power adapter or something out of it during the flight just really isn't an option. You're you're going to have a hard time getting it out of there. Um, In addition, something to think about for productive and low stress traveling is how you're going to pack. There are kind of, I think, two lines of thought on this. Uh, Some people say, you know, check your bag so you don't have to carry anything on except your purse or your computer bag or whatever. And there's some, certainly some benefits to that because you can just walk on the flight and not have to worry about stowing things. The other line of thought is to just take a carry-on, don't take any checked bags so that you don't have to wait for checked bags when you arrive or risk them getting lost or mishandled. I tend to be in that second group. I don't like to check bags because when I arrive where I'm going, I don't want to have to go down to baggage claim and stand there and wait for the bags to come through and worry about whether mine actually arrived. I like to be able to just head out to ground transportation and get on my way to wherever it is I'm going. So do whatever works for you. Because I tend to prefer, if at all possible, not to check any bags, I tend to pack pretty lightly. And I, you know, will plan outfits that, are versatile that will mix and match and that will work with the same pair of shoes, especially when I'm traveling on business, if I needed to, you know, wear a suit or a dress or something a couple of different days, I'm going to choose the outfits that I can take just one pair of dress shoes so that I don't have extra pairs of shoes because shoes are heavy and, uh, will fill up your suitcase faster. Of course, when you're packing, remember to keep in mind the T- tsa transportation safety administration security limitations in terms of what liquids you can take restrictions on sharp objects like knives or scissors flammable items and firearms there'll be a link in the show notes if the, if you haven't traveled in a while you can consult the tsa website to see what the restrictions are so you make sure you don't have anything in your your luggage either carry on or checked luggage that you shouldn't have there that's going to slow you down because they're going to pull your bag aside and search it and, you know, make you move things or dispose of things. Uh, To that point of if you don't want to check your bags or you want to keep your load light, thinking about what you pack, items of clothing that can mix and match to create several different outfits. um, In addition to that, I consider wearing your bulkiest shoes for the flight, but uh, consider making slip-ons if you're going to, so that you can get them off and on quickly when you go through the security line. If you're traveling during cold weather and you need to take a coat, consider wearing that. It can double as a pillow during the flight and won't fill up your suitcase as quickly. One article I read on Entrepreneur.com offered some really good advice. Uh, saying first, lay out all possible clothing options. Then pare down the packing list to necessities to avoid having to check luggage and potentially incur extra costs. And as a side note, that's an important point. Uh, nowadays, uh, they you know they charge quite a bit for even the first bag to check in many cases. But certainly, if you take if you check two bags, uh, gone are the days when you can you know check a couple of huge bags and not have to pay a price for it. But anyway, continuing on with what the entrepreneur article said, they said, next, roll clothing to make more room and use packing cubes to optimize space. It's also smart to invest in a travel steamer, they said, especially for delicate fabrics. Additionally, choose a laptop bag or tote, that can be used to store electronics, as well as a small toiletry kit to free up room in the suitcase as well. So I thought that was great advice. To that point, carry certainly your essential medications in your personal bag that gets stowed under your seat. So it's always within sight and within reach. For longer trips, consider having a note from your doctor for any prescription medications. And uh, if you're traveling via car or RV, it certainly include a basic first aid kit. I encourage you, however you're traveling, to have a small, what I would call a travel comfort kit, whether you're traveling by air, train, car, or otherwise. Just a small kit of things to help make your travel more comfortable. Things like lip balm, because the air always is so dry, uh, certainly on planes. Uh, hand lotion, a sleep mask, maybe. Pain reliever of choice, uh, some compact slippers, a sweater or a scarf or a pashmina or something to cover yourself up with in case it's cold, a bottle of water in case you get thirsty, and you will need to buy that at the airport after security if you're traveling by air, and maybe a protein bar or a bag of trail mix so that you have a small snack handy with you wherever you are. So those are some things about packing and about preparing productively for your travel, uh, whatever means of travel you're using and wherever you might be going. Then once you're on the way, uh, there are some things we can do to sort of proceed productively. Among them, generally while you're traveling, try to stay healthy. Um, Opt for healthy meals and avoid excessive junk food or alcohol. The stress of travel can be hard on our bodies, especially if our immune system is compromised in any way. So do what you can to take care of yourself because illness uh, kind of can be stressful and very unproductive when we're traveling. Utilize hotel gyms to get some exercise or just go for a walk or do some simple exercises in your room. Definitely try to get enough rest when you're traveling and not, you know, overschedule yourself if you can avoid it. Try to stick to a routine while including time for fun and a little bit of serendipity, things that come up that you couldn't have planned for, uh, fun things that you can do. Even if you've changed time zones, try to include some of your usual morning and or evening routines to help Keep you feeling a sense of balance and a, and a sense of comfort that can reduce your stress level and make the trip more enjoyable. If you're traveling, there are some things you can do to be uh, more efficient, more effective, and and uh, more productive getting through the airport. Uh, among them being, if you fly more than I don't know more than once a year consider signing up for TSA pre-check if you haven't already done that. A lot of people already have, but if you haven't, uh, you can do that. Uh, I'll try to remember to put a link to the website where you can kind of see what the requirements are, but you pay an annual fee that's not much and you go through a pretty simple process to get that and then to renew it each year. And what it means is uh, you can go through the pre-check line and, uh, usually those lines are shorter and you can get through them more quickly because you don't have to take off your shoes, take out your liquids or electronics from your bags, which you will have to do going through the regular security line. So TSA PreCheck can save you a ton of time and, and inconvenience and make the, the trip through the airport less stressful. If you are not TSA PreCheck, if you're going through the regular security lines, you can prepare for that to make that go a little more smoothly and quickly definitely wear slip-on shoes whether it's you know flip-flops or or tennis shoes that you can slip in and out of or just flats that don't have laces because you will have to take them off and put them in a bag when you get up to to the counter don't wear big jewelry or watches that might trigger the scanner because you're going to have to take them off uh, before you go through so if you you know you want to be stylish and wear those things that's great put them in your carry-on or in your personal item so that once you get through security you can put them on but don't have them on uh, to go through security because it's going to slow things down Similarly have that little quart bag with your liquids in your tote bag or your computer bag right on top so you can get it out quickly to put it in the you know the little tote thing that they run through the security scanner. Once you get through security, you can readjust and put those things into your roller board and out of your way. Back when I wasn't TSA pre-check and if I have to go through the regular security line, I try to get myself ready. I wear slip-on shoes that I wear socks with so I don't have to go barefoot through the line, but I take off my shoes, my watch, those sorts of things, a belt if I have it on while I'm still in the line and I tuck them into the top of my bag where that quart baggie goes, since that baggie has to come out and and go through the scanner separately. And then once I'm through security, I can step aside to take my, out my shoes and my watch and my phone and all that, put my shoes back on, put my liquids baggie back in to my carry-on and I'm off and out of the way. That way I'm not slowing things down for the line uh, by waiting until I get up to the counter to start taking off my shoes and taking my that baggie out and so on. So thinking ahead can expedite your trip through security, I guess is my point, both for yourself and for the people who are behind you. And to that same kind of point, when it comes time to board, try to show courtesy to the other travelers by getting out of the aisle once you get to your seat to allow others to pass by while you get yourself situated. Uh, Otherwise, if you're standing in the aisle, you know, putting, getting your headphones out or, you know, whatever you're going to do to get yourself settled into your seat, while you're standing in the aisle, the line is building up behind you. So if, if we can try to kind of all step out of the aisle and let people keep moving through while we're getting ourselves settled in, that helps everyone and reduces the stress level for everyone on the trip. As far as if you're traveling by air, some things we can do for productivity and and reduce stress on the plane itself, certainly for a long flight, prioritize comfort in what you wear. You wear something comfortable that doesn't have restrictive waistbands or things like that. If you need to go straight to a meeting or an event from the airport, You can always change into your dressier clothes at the airport or even on the plane an hour or so before landing. I always try to dress in layers. So I'll wear a sleeveless blouse or top and carry or wear a sweater or something like that that I can cover myself with uh, once the flight is underway because most flights are cold, I I have found. So I always try to have a lightweight sweater um, if I'm not wearing it stuffed into the top of my personal bag, my computer bag, so that I can take it out once I'm in my seat and cover my arms. Whether I want to read or listen to podcasts or audiobooks, watch in-flight entertainment, or take a nap, I always wear noise-canceling headphones on flights to minimize the exhausting effects of the noise of the plane itself. And uh, I've found that to be really important. For a nighttime or overnight flight, you might want to wear a sleep mask and noise-canceling headphones and listen to a a sleep meditation or a nighttime noise app to help you get some rest on the flight. If you need to work on the flight, um, doing things like responding to emails or something that's not writing intensive, you might find that a tablet with a Bluetooth keyboard cover will be easier to work with in you know, in your seat on the, on that little tray table than a full-size laptop. So consider that for simplifying things a little bit. I had a couple of thoughts about, uh, productive and low stress travel by car. And just like traveling by air, which is what I've done the most of recently, when I'm traveling by car, I always try to wear comfortable clothes including layers and and shoes that I can slip off while I'm driving or riding. A couple of years ago, I drove from Texas to Florida and back by myself for a writing retreat. And before I left, I made sure I had downloaded the current episodes of several of my favorite podcasts along with a couple of audiobooks, so that I had something interesting to listen to during the long driving hours that can help make things uh, more pleasant. When you plan your route for a car trip, be sure to make note of any long stretches of terrain where there might not be fuel or food stops and plan your fuel ups accordingly. Uh, I, I think of this because earlier this summer, on one of our trips uh, back to Western Washington state where Mike and I grew up, uh, we we'd gone out there for a reunion and we had an extra day or two and we had rented a car and we were driving around Western Washington state just enjoying the beautiful scenery in remote areas. We you know, we were driving up to to see Mount St. Helens and some of the areas around there. And really enjoying the, the the scenery there because it's a beautiful part of the country. And we love it, of course, because we both grew up out there. Uh, but too late, we realized how low we were on fuel. And I will confess, it was a little nerve-wracking driving through that same beautiful countryside with little to no cell service trying to find a gas station uh, in where we drove for miles with no towns, nothing, you know, just some farms uh, scattered throughout there, and and we, you know, it was getting a little heck a little frantic on my part uh, as to whether we were going to make it to a gas station in time, knowing we were out there where we had no cell service, so we couldn't call for help from AAA or anything else, I, you know. The the good news is fortunately we found a gas station just in time, but if we had planned a little bit ahead if we'd paid attention and fueled up before we started wandering through the countryside, it would have been a much more peaceful and enjoyable drive. In the same token, if you're traveling through remote areas or internationally, uh, you should probably have a paper map with you in case lack of cell service renders your GPS useless. And so having, having a paper map and knowing how to read it could be really important if you're somewhere out there where you, you don't have a usable GPS. And if you're traveling with kids in cars, I'll just throw out the idea that years ago when I drove cross country with two small children, I planned little activity kits in a small kind of letter-sized box with a flat top, put in things like coloring books, crayons, picture books, stickers, things like that, in a box for each of the kids that I could dole out these things periodically to give them things to do, along with some simple snacks and plenty of water. So they were um, occupied during a long day of driving. Finally, I guess I would say, some things to consider when you're traveling in terms of personal safety. First of all, certainly choose reputable accommodations, Uh, read reviews from other female travelers. There are places out there that offer women only floors. And so look into that, uh, stay alert, be mindful of your surroundings, especially when you're traveling at night and trust your intuition. If you don't feel safe, Get to somewhere where you do feel safe. Consider carrying personal safety devices such as an emergency whistle and pepper spray for an added sense of security. Travel during daylight hours if you can, especially if you're using public transportation. Pay attention to where you are and how you got there so that if you need to find your way out or back to where you're staying, um, you're able to do that. And when you're using transport services like Uber or Lyft, share your route with someone or use the live location feature in the app to share with someone you trust. When I travel in business without Mike, if I am Ubering, especially at night, I will usually share that live location with Mike just so somebody knows where I am or where I was if in case anything were to happen. And again, all the things that we we talked about earlier in terms of planning ahead, making sure someone knows your itinerary and um, that you're checking in periodically can be very important for your personal safety if you're a woman traveling alone. I guess those are my thoughts on this. I really think the key to stress-free or at least low-stress productive travel is preparation and awareness. Being informed, being alert, being proactive can make your travel experience both safe and enriching and productive. Preparing ahead of time can make all the difference whether you're traveling for work or fun or a combination of the two. And I think some of these things can be helpful. At least they have been so for me. I'd love to know what you think. What are your best tips for productive, stress-free travel? You can share those in the comment section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com 467, or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I'd love to hear them. You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. Before we go, remember that for listeners of The Productive Woman, Text Expander is offering 20% off your purchase of this outstanding productivity tool. Really, something that I wouldn't want to have a device that didn't have it loaded on. Visit textexpander.com TPW to learn more and use my code TPW at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. And thank you so much to text expander for supporting the productive woman podcast. And that is it for this episode of the productive woman. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you feel like it was time well spent. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.